630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's 2-0 Columbus leading the Flames with three and a half minutes left in the first period. Also Flyers up 3-2 on the Capitals after two. Philly trying to win its seventh in a row. Oilers and Chicago tomorrow. Face-off show at 5. The game will start at 6.30. All right, well, we're going to go to Camrose for this next interview. The uh, Augustana Vikings hockey team may not be able to keep going beyond this season because of some challenges that they are currently facing. So the Alumni Association is rallying to try to keep the team alive. For the full details, we'll bring in the president of the Augustana Vikings Men's Hockey Alumni Association, David Ritz. David, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Reed. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I really appreciate you lending your voice to what's going on here with Vikings hockey. And before we, we get into the, some of those specifics, though, David, I w- want to just give people a chance to get to know you a little bit. Tell us about okay. your history and, and your connection with Augustana Vikings hockey. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> I'll try and do the uh, just the quick notes of it. Um, I played junior out in Saskatchewan and was recruited to come to Augustana that was back in 2008 and I spent five years playing uh, was lucky enough to win an ACAC championship with the Vikings in 2012 graduated in 2013 and then the next six years I helped out as the assistant coach of the team and then these past two years I've been the president for the alumni association which we uh, set up for the team in 2014, if my memory is correct. So I believe, yeah, the last six years we've had the Alumni Association set up to try and help with funds or try and spoil the guys a little bit. But the last few years it's been trying to, uh, we've been using that money just to try and keep the lights on, basically. Right. Tell us a little bit about the Vikings' place in Camrose, in the community and surrounding area. I, I know, you know, sports teams can really be important pillars of communities especially when it's a college like that in in a smaller city can you tell us about the connection between the team and the town oh i by all means the uh this team has been around for over 50 years now uh next year is supposed to be and we're hoping for it to be the 50th year in the acac for uh vikings men's hockey um the history of the actual program and team i think is best defined by uh the history of the viking cup as well uh this was a huge tournament back 20 20 30 years ago and probably even further that brought a lot of hockey to cameras that put augustana on the map for hockey by all means uh this was an international tournament that would see a lot of european players and teams come over to play uh and then in the later stages of the viking cup it kind of turned into a university tournament where i know that there have been a lot of uh CIS or Canada West, I guess I should say, uh, teams have come out to play in. And with that, uh, from the history of that alone, I know I was reading a story that was emailed to me a couple days ago, uh, a book called Alberta on Ice. And uh, it said in that book that uh, 355 players that played in the Viking Cup had been drafted to the NHL. So there's some really good hockey history here. Some big names like Patrick Ilyash, Pavel Dimitra, Dominic Hasek, just to name a few, that actually spent some time in Camrose. And um, some really neat stories about some of these NHL players who uh, 
still have some ties to cameras or are keeping in touch with billets that they all the players when they would come over would stay with billets and families around the town uh, who have kept in touch with all of these uh, local people so uh, there's a huge history here um, uh, 74 75 was the first Vikings men's hockey team to win um, at the time it was the provincials and then went on to win a national championship in the CCAA um, and we were lucky enough to actually have them last weekend they had a reunion out here in Camerill so it was pretty nice to listen to those old guys still tell stories and their memory just blew me away with you know specific details about the team and games that they were playing in and uh, I, I think that's a great way to show what kind of a history it has and what kind of uh, what kind of emphasis it has on the city of Camrose? I mean, we're city Camrose is just under 20,000 people, I believe. And, you know, news like this rocks a community. So there's a lot of people that are trying to get together to do what they can to help. And uh, the last few days has been overwhelming, to say the least. Okay. Well, a great answer. David Ritz joining us on Inside Sports. He's the president of the Augustana Vikings Hockey Alumni Association. So tell us, and you mentioned you've been doing a lot of work in the last couple of years just to keep the lights on, as you've put it. And it seems like the concern has even grown over the last two to three weeks or over the last month or so. Can you, can you kind of give us... I mean, is this, is this a crisis, I guess? Or are we in a crisis situation? Or can you just describe sort of where it's at now with the team? Oh, yeah, by all means. Uh, crisis, I, I think there are more important things in the world than to, to claim it as a crisis. Um, maybe I'm just not a dramatic person, but I, I think it hits close to home for a lot of people with, you know, small-town hockey, um, and I think because of the size of our city, it, it definitely, there's a lot of emphasis on this right now. Uh, where we're at right now with, with how we're standing, um, our relationship between our alumni association and the hockey program and the University of Alberta, Augustana has been really good. We've been in negotiations and talks with them trying to figure out ways that we can, you know, support the future of this team. Um, where we're at right now is we, because of all the budget cuts and everything that have been happening in Alberta, uh, there's rumors flying around. So we tried to be a little bit proactive in the situation to set up meetings with the review committee, with the dean of the university, uh, and they were fortunate. They were nice enough to be able to find the time to squeeze us in. We had a great chat with them. It left. We we left the meeting feeling kind of having the perception that we're in really big trouble here. And there was some talks during those meetings of trying to figure out a way to have this hockey program being self-sufficient. Uh, so instead of waiting to hear the, the final word on everything, we decided that it would be probably best to spread the word as much as we could, uh, knowing that we did have a lot of strength in numbers with the university uh, and with the, with the program, I guess I should say, and the history of it. So... Uh, we are in the middle. We've just started basically talking about finances and the numbers and everything like that. We've been collecting for the last two to three days. Uh, the response has been very good uh, in terms of numbers. I'd say we're anywhere from a quarter to a th maybe a third of the way there. We still have a long ways to go. We're not out of the woods by any means. Um, but what we're trying to do on top of all that is to set some sort of a long-term strategy together 
uh, to ensure that if this money that does get donated to save the team is put to good use and to make sure that we're not just talking about a one-year fix or putting the Band-Aid over it, let's let's ensure that we can keep this around for another 50 years. And that's kind of our main goal right now. And uh, chatting with the university and the review committee about that has been very promising. And uh, we are excited. We're optimistic. But like I said, we're just in day three now of getting started. We spent three or four days basically just working on, okay, what kind of a strategy can we put together? We don't have a lot of time here. There is a time frame that everybody is a little bit concerned about. So we had to make this happen quick. And uh, so far, we're really happy with everything. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing where this can go. But we've been leaning on our alumni a lot um, for donations. And they've been exceptional throughout the process. And uh, hopefully some of the big numbers that have come in keeps the ball rolling or motivates others to do the same. So how come in your mind, David, though, there is this shortfall and and you're going to the, I assume you're going to the alumni here more than you you would like to or more than you would in a usual situation. So what, what's happened here that the money isn't there like maybe it used to be? Uh, I th- we've seen cutbacks in our program over the last, like I said, I've been involved for 13 years now. Um, and we, our funding now is basically half of what it was from when I had first started playing as a rookie. Uh, the talks now is basically along the lines of there will be no funding anymore coming from the university. And I, I, I'm not one to point fingers at all because they have been so good to us in these communications and with these negotiations i think that their hands are tied i think that they've been given they have informed us about numbers they are given that we have to cut out of not only athletics but to the academics as well so there's there's a lot of moving parts here that you know even even though i'm involved i'm sure there's a few things that i don't know about myself even and that's what our process has been is trying to understand everything to the fullest so uh, i mean I, there's no secret that alberta has been in uh, a little bit of an economic peril the last two to three years if not longer and i think that that's taken a toll on the universities and i, I don't think we're the only university or college dealing with this i know that there's been a lot of layoffs with some other programs around the province as well so we're one of many um, but, uh, like I said, hockey seems to hit close to home with Canada and Alberta. And, uh, that's one thing that we feel that is helping for us in, in order to set up both short-term and long-term strategies to, to make sure that, I mean, it's a, it's a 50 year program with a lot of history and a lot of backing to it. So we we're we're doing our best to make sure that we can keep that moving. It's, uh, it's, it's been really interesting chatting with some of the older alumni and hearing all those stories. Uh, you just wish it was for a better reason that some of these stories were coming up right now. Do you have a deadline? Like, is there going to be a team next year for sure? Or what are we looking at timeline here? We don't. We are We are working on trying to make sure we have a team for next year. We, as of right now, I, I can't answer that question because I don't know. Uh, it's not like... Uh, some of the NHL coaches that actually do know, but <laughs> but they're just holding it to their chest. I we we don't know right now, and that's what we're trying to do is come up with this money. the The short term is let's try and come up with as much money as we can to hit that number that we need um, to make sure that we can have a team for next year. And then we are given until uh, I'd say another six or so months after that, we have to start working on the long term um, to ensure that we can keep the program going for the next few 
for the years coming after that. So uh, the deadline that was given to us by the university was two weeks. We felt that that was uh, tight, but we understood that their hands are tied with that as well. Um, so we're in negotiations with that. And what we're hoping is since there's so much talk going around a lot of things on social media, that they that between the university and the people that are putting this pressure on them will give us a little bit more time because we're talking about big numbers in the well over a hundred thousand dollars which we need to raise um so two weeks is a little bit unrealistic um i'm impressed with how much we've been able to do so far um but like i said the time frame was originally two weeks and we're hoping that because there's so much talk around with it right now we hope that that can get by us a little bit more time and i i know the university would like to be able to give us more time so that's kind of what in between all of the reaching out to alumni and trying to find sponsorship and donations where we're also having those meetings with the the review board to try and say hey we're we're doing our best here is there any way you can help out and they've been doing everything that they can so it's it's actually been a, quite a smooth process in that regard um in some other regards with the talking about numbers yeah it, it can get a little bit difficult um but we're just trying to find the, the best solution for everybody that's involved because we we understand that the university is better off having a hockey program and i think they understand that they they need us around as well so it, it's kind of a situation we're trying to scratch each other's backs as much as we can but we're not exactly finding the itch quite yet <laughs> Okay, well, well, good way to put it. And before I let you go here, David, how can people help? I'm sure there's some alumni listening, some alumni of the Vikings listening who uh, might be interested in here, or if anybody wants to step up or find out more, where can they go? Uh, by all means, feel free to reach out to, uh, to myself on behalf of the Alumni Association. Uh, we as well, our vice president of the association has taken any emails or calls, um, I, which I'm more than happy to give out my email right now, if that's okay with you, Reed. For sure. Yeah, okay. My email then is uh, dritz, R-I-T-Z, at ualberta.ca. Uh, and by all means, we've had a lot of people reach out who are just saying, well, what can we do? Maybe financially we can't help. Is there other ways that we can help? And my biggest thing as of right now is uh, I feel awful for these players who have this, you know, this bomb dropped on them right before uh, they start their playoffs this weekend coming up against Sate. So they're aware of what's going on. So I think the best way to show support for our players and for the history is Saturday in uh Camrose at 2.30 at the Encana Arena. They played their, their game two of the best of three playoff series against Sate. Uh, if you ever need an introduction to ACAC hockey, that's a, that's a pretty good rivalry back and forth, even from 10 years ago when I played, let alone to years dating past then. So I, I think that would be great. We're trying to fill the rink and have a lot of things going on to whether it be for fundraising or just for people to enjoy. Um, you know the process that we've been put in and uh, we're hoping to see as many people at the game as we can have because we're we're sure it's going to be a good game there's not very many games between augustana and state that don't have a little bit of fireworks in them let alone you bring the playoffs into it it adds that different dynamic so we're we're really excited about it david thanks for letting us know what's going on really appreciate your time thanks for telling the story and uh, and all the best here in the work you and the alumni are doing Thank you very much, Reed. We appreciate it as well. Any chance that we can get the more media we can, our our first goal was to try and spread the word as much as we can, and this this 
helps immensely. So we can't thank you guys enough, and we appreciate it very much. All right. Well, thanks a lot, David. Appreciate you coming on. David Ritz is the president of the Augustana Viking Men's Hockey Alumni Association. Uh, he gave you the full story there about why the program is in peril and what he and the alumni are trying to do to help. And uh, if you're an alumni of the Augustana Vikings and you want to know more, get involved. Again, email David Ritz, D-R-I-T-Z, at ulberta.ca. Hopefully that program keeps going and keeps going strong. Something amazing happened this morning on 6.30 Chet Mornings with Chelsea and Shea. The Premier of the province, Jason Kenney, was on the show. I listened to the interview, and here's what really stood out for me. I know that some of the hardcore environmentalists think you can just flick a switch and, and, and turn off the entire modern industrial economy, plastics, airplanes, travel, uh, trucks, everything. everything. It's not reality. Like, they haven't, we don't have dilithium crystals like they did in Star Trek. Yeah. So The entire dilithium crystal converter assembly is fused. That's right. Jason Kenny made a Star Trek reference on the 6.30 Chad Morning Show. He And he didn't just reference... You know, Kirk or Picard or Spock or something obvious. He referenced dilithium crystals. That's amazing. I was blown away when I heard that. He dropped in a dilithium crystal reference. You learn something about people all the time. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. I went to Northern Chicken for lunch today. 124th Street, 107th Ave. Barbecue drumsticks. Really good. Just had the interview about the uh, Augustana hockey team. This texter says, I'm sure the Vikings opponents are hurting too. They might be fine, but the others are in crisis long term as well. Vikings might not have anyone to play. That's a good point. I think that's something to look into. Have to uh, look around the ACAC, see what's going on with some of their sports programs. Thanks for that text. He's 7-0 at the Briar, the skip of Team Botcher, Team Alberta, Brendan Botcher, when we get back to Inside Sports. studio last week on Inside Sports. Now he's on the score sheet. Wyatt McLeod from the Edmonton Oil Kings has just scored to put them up 1-0 on Spokane in the first period at Rogers Place. NHL tonight. 2-0 Columbus leading Calgary. They're two and a half minutes into the second period. In the third, about eight minutes to go, Philly getting close to win number seven in a row. They're up 4-2 on Washington. Tyler Pitlick with his eighth of the season in that game for Philadelphia. Later, Ducks and Avalanche starts in a few minutes, actually, in an hour, Arizona at Vancouver. Off day for the Oilers in Chicago. They will go after their fourth consecutive win tomorrow as they face the Blackhawks. Five o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chad, the game will start at 6.30. Johnny Boychuk, 90 stitches after taking a skate blade to the face last night against the Montreal Canadiens. Hopefully he's going to be able to uh, recover from that fairly quickly. Gary Bettman speaking uh, at the GM meetings as they wrapped up, and one of the things the general managers do not like 
are the bye weeks. Every team now gets a bye week either before or after the All-Star game, and Bettman says uh, not well received by the GMs. The managers, I think, as a group, would prefer that the break go away, and we concur, particularly from a scheduling standpoint, Uh, but it is what it is, and that's something we have to reason together with the Players Association on, but that's what's in place, as Bill said, certainly for next year. Yeah, uh, not going away in the near future, but clearly the GMs want them to go away. The coronavirus also being discussed at the NHL GM meetings. You may have heard some news from around the world. There was supposed to be a FIBA 3x3 Olympic qualifying tournament in India starting on the 18th. That's been postponed. All sporting events in Italy will be played without fans until April 3rd. Italy's been uh, hit pretty hard by the coronavirus. And uh, Gary Bettman said that there's been a travel ban for the NHL league office. We've barred all travel outside of North America for business purposes. People uh, as a personal level or people in their households are still free to do what they want to do. If you go to a place that's on the list uh, of countries that have an issue or while you're there, the country comes on the list, then when you come back, we want you quarantined out of the office for two weeks until we can see if symptoms develop. And the clubs know that that's what we're doing. They've been advised, and they're free to adapt as much or as little of that policy, at least for the time being, as possible. Bedman was also asked about the possibility of playing NHL games in empty arenas. We're we're not going to speculate as to what they could or couldn't say. Uh, We're aware of what's happening in other places in the world, and we understand that things may evolve or change, and we also understand that we're going to have to react to it in a professional and timely and sensible basis. But I don't think, uh, as we sit here today, uh, people should get too far ahead of themselves in terms of how they either react to this or report this. Uh, let's see how it all evolves. And it may, and it may vary by location. It, it, it may be that a jurisdiction either in Canada or the United States, other than federally, may make its own determination as to what needs to be done and we'll have to deal with it, which is why um, speculation when you're dealing with something like this isn't particularly helpful. However, we're staying on top of it, which is what you have to do. All right, and well, we're aware of all the possible alternatives and how we may have to deal with any of those alternatives once something happens that we have to react to, if something happens that we have to react to. All right, so the NHL, pretty much like every other organization in the world, keeping an eye on the coronavirus uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of restriction there on people traveling for business purposes if they work for the NHL and uh, Bettman not speculating if it might come to that where you, this could happen in Canada or the United States where games might have to be played in empty arenas. Hope not. Another story, much lighter than uh, the coronavirus. Did you see this stuff about Spike Lee, Kellen? Uh, I've been following bits and pieces so of this. So apparently Spike Lee goes to Knicks games... And he's been using an employee entrance, and they asked him not to use the employee entrance, that he should be using a dedicated VIP entrance. And Spike Lee's, uh, like, all upset about it. He was on the old, uh, he was on the old television with with Stephen A. Smith, saying that he's done with the Knicks for this year. So it sounds like he's going to go back 
next year, but no more Knicks games him for, for this. The, the Knicks actually put out a statement yesterday. They said the idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him to not use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden, is laughable. He is welcome to come to the garden anytime via our via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance. And apparently Lee and uh, the owner of the Knicks agreed to that uh, on Monday night and, and shook hands about it. But uh, Spike's not happy. I was not going to say anything. I went home from the garden, the World's Fan Arena, in the cab saying, I'm not saying nothing. And then when I read that lie, that spin that they put out, I called you. I'm at the game. Charles Oakley hit me up because on Twitter. Reggie Mill hit me up. I was trending on Twitter before the game was even over. Is this something that's only a story because it's such a non-story? Yes. Because it's so trivial? Absolutely. You have a, an extremely successful and talented filmmaker, and good for him. What, what are people estimating? That he spent $10 million on Knicks tickets in his lifetime? Angry because he can't use an employee entrance? And then that it became public, and now he's even angrier about that? This seems very, uh, very odd. You know, the Knicks, are, the Knicks have not been a very good team. Um, I don't know. I think I got to side with the Knicks on this one. And if they if they change the rules on the entrance, then too bad. They're changing the rules, and you got to use the other entrance. I mean, Madison Square Garden does have a very nice VIP entrance, from what I could see from the outside of it. So <laughs> when I was there, so. from you taking, from, from, from you looking at it wistfully, uh, young Kellen Kennedy. Someday I'll Someday. use that entrance. Yeah. I'll sit My, next to Spike Lee. The entrance that I w- went or used to get into the building was right beside the VIP. So, it's just well, a see, maybe that's why Spike circle, Lee so. he doesn't even want the VIPs because he might be too close to people like you, Kellen. Oh, you think he wants to associate with wrestling fans? It's one of those things. Gotcha. What did you go to MSG for? Uh wrestling. <laughs> for a, for a bout or for an award show or something? Uh, no, it was a uh, series of bouts. Yeah. It was a event that was happening the, the at lead Madison into Square WrestleMania? Garden on WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, it wasn't I, WrestleMania. It was the night before. But. So this, I, we can't disprove this theory right now. I think you scared off Spike Lee. I probably did. Feel like he has to use the employee entrance, amongst now, others. Look what this has become. I mean, look at the Rangers' record this year. So. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I know I've been promising Brendan Botcher, and we are still gonna try to get him. He uh, does have some sponsor commitments at the Briar. He was going to try really hard to be available in the second hour of our show. So uh, we will try for him. We do have another incredible guest lined up if we don't get uh, Brendan, who's also an incredible guest. But we'll take a quick time out here inside sports on 630 Chat. Blackhawks tomorrow. 
Edmonton been able to pull out some tight games lately. Here's the Nuge. you got to be able to win games like this. I mean, we can, uh, as the rest of the year goes on, we can look back and um, at this game because, I mean, it's a, it's a hard-fought game all the way through the 60s. So um, this is a playoff uh, atmosphere in here, and uh, it was a playoff game tonight. And the fact that we can get it done tonight is, uh, is definitely big for the team. All right, Oilers-Chicago tomorrow, 5 o'clock face-off show game at 6.30 here on 6.30. Chad, Oilers are 16-6-4. and in their last 26 games, that's uh, really in the second half of the season. That's from game 42 onward. Uh, I just like this this Spike Lee thing to me is just so absurd. Charles Oakley weighed in on this. Now, Charles Oakley, you may remember this. In February of 2017, he was involved in an altercation at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he was ejected of the arena after allegedly uh, yelling at uh, the owner of the team, James Dolan, who also was in, is involved in this Spike Lee thing. So Charles Oakley has been asked his opinion on this, and he spoke with Trey Wingo on ESPN. It wasn't a surprise. It's a, it's a plantation over there. It's, it's bad. People won't talk about it. It's real bad over there. It's I mean, this man been buying tickets for 28 years, over $10 million, and you quote him out if he come this door, that door. What what is this man's problem about control? He's so much of control freak. And he hurting the whole NBA. If I'm an owner of NBA, this guy headlined every other month, every other week with something that don't have nothing to do with winning. It got to do with individuals, people life. We shouldn't be going through this. It, listen, I, listen, there's James Dolan's not selling the team. I mean, we we all he's well, made that very clear. He's not well, selling the team. Yeah, but Donald Sterling didn't sell his team either. <laughs> Until NBA came in and did something. So you think the NBA should step in in this situation here because it's a bad look for the league? They, they should have, I mean, if you're a former player and what happened to me, where they drug me out there for no reason and, and we got the tape, I didn't do nothing. It's like, it's like hitching somebody back in the 40s and 50s. It's, he don't care. I mean, I hate to put him in the category with Donald Trump, but I think that's Trump's nephew. I'm just going to say this to everybody, all this stuff with the Knicks and Spike Lee aside. If we ever have a listener party for the 14 of you who listen to Inside Sports and you all get to come sit on a show, you're all coming in the VIP entrance. Now, I should note there's really only one entrance here at 630 Chat. It's also the employee employee entrance. (laughs) But for that night, it would be the VIP entrance. Big big time of year for university sports. The Pandas volleyball team on a championship run. Outside hitter Corey White has been voted the best player in Canada West. Corey, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and congratulations on being named Player of the Year in Canada West Women's Volleyball. How does that sound that uh, you're the name next to that award this year? Oh, my God. I can't even explain how amazing it is. Canada West, like, the league is just so, it's so, like, they're so great. Like, every athlete in Canada West is amazing. And just to have my name beside that, like, means more than I think anyone will ever know. It's just such a, like, the the level is so high. And, and across any team, like, it doesn't matter how you rank in Canada West. Like, every single team's good. And... It's just, it's it's huge. Like, I can't even explain how big it is. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. You're so excited about it. I'm sure you were aware that you were having a pretty good season. Were people telling you, hey, you might be up for the award, you might win it? Did you did you ever think about that during the year? 
Um, my teammates definitely were. <laughs> um, I think there is honestly they were placing bets on the team, but um, I try not to think of it like myself. It's always better when like you find out something by surprise instead of like planning that you're just going to get it. And like, of course, all these like stats and rankings and awards like they're amazing. But I just really try and focus like day by day with my team and how we're doing throughout the year. Um, and just placement and like just on to the next weekend instead of trying to think of like the overall picture even though so like on like so honoring and I'm like so humble about it it's still like me being like the Canada West um, player of the year doesn't give us like like one set up into like our Canada West finals right <laughs> if that makes sense yeah well that's a good way to put it it's it's uh, you're taking the one game at a time approach which uh, which is always a good idea for you, you know, your fourth year on the team, the Pandas volleyball team is, is usually very strong, is usually not just a conference contender, but a, a national championship contender. What's the experience for you been like being part of the program and getting generally good results, but also having high expectations to go along with it? Um, it's been like, it's been an amazing experience, you know, uh, behind just the panda's name like not everyone sees like we no one sees like all the hard work we put in and no one sees like all the challenges we've gone through throughout the like many years that i've been on the team so and it, like you have a lot riding on you because like yeah you're a panda but like it's just it's so cool to see like what all this hard work has like done for our program and done for like all our athletes and like you're so proud to be a panda and i'm just like um i can't even begin to explain how much like it's been such an honor and honestly if i could thank lori every single day for like allowing me to be a part of this team i would and i can't believe that like i'm getting close to it being done but yeah like it's it's huge everyone just has that like everyone just sees like oh you you're a panda like you just you're just going to be like the top of the top and that's just how it's been like the last few years but it's also just like the hard work we put in and unfortunately like no one's going to see all the hours all the video all the weights all the cardio that we do but like it just shows it how we perform every single year all right so this year you you're playing for the canada west title on saturday against trinity western you will go to nationals at uh at calgary you just got to see where you're going to be seated for that in, in terms of you uh choosing the u of a tell us a little bit about your your high school career and was like was it just volleyball for you at strathcona were you good at other sports or what was that path like um well i always competed in volleyball and track and field so pretty much every single time um every like school year i competed on both their volleyball team and their track team and I did club volleyball, and then when club volleyball in Team Alberta was done, I always competed in track and field, and I did a lot of, like, um, provincial, um, Canada West, and, like, national cha um, championship competitions for track and field. So when actually when I was going through high school, it was actually quite a tough decision to decide what sport I was going to compete in because I, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to do both. And um, it was just like, it, it was such a tough decision because I just remember sitting at like the kitchen table with my mom and just being like, 
I don't know what sport to choose. Like, I don't know what opportunity, like, like which one's grabbing me. And, um, and that is like, it was kind of why, like my, like my first year, I didn't go to the U of A. My first year, I went to Seattle University um, because I found that they gave me the opportunity to do both um, volleyball and track and field in my first year. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. So, uh, and ultimately, I just kind of was, I just kind of decided I was just like, you know what? I've always done volleyball. I've always competed at, competed in, in club Team Alberta, and like I just had more of an like I just was more willing to put in like more work and just wanted to see how far I could get in volleyball. Um, and it just like that's kind of where my heart was always just pulling me more. Well, Corey, uh, you and I have known each other about five minutes and it's only been over the phone, but I can tell how much passion you have, which is, which is really cool. That's definitely coming through. I want to wish you all the best as uh, you get into the conference finals and then nationals. Congratulations on getting being player of the year in Canada West. And before I let you go, I always ask student athletes this question. Let people know what you're studying and what career aspirations you might have outside of sports. Um, I am studying environmental economics and policy. So, um, I, I've just been like, I, I've always been an outdoorsy person and I just, I love the environment and I just always wanted to learn more about it. And my grandma worked for the Ministry of Environment in BC. So I've always just been around that. So right now I've been kind of interested in just like, like policy work and just like government work uh, with just natural resources and just anything that involves the environment I've always just like loved it and been super interested and I just love being outdoors. Corey thank you so much for checking in on Inside Sports tonight I know it's a busy time of year for you all the best here in the stretch drive thank you so much. Oh thank you so much for calling and like having me on the show it's been an honor like thank you. Well that's very nice to hear Corey. Corey White Canada West Player of the Year from the Pandas Volleyball Team. They'll play for the Canada West title this weekend, and they are going to Nationals regardless of the result. The Flyers win again, 5-2 over the Capitals. Flames trail the Blue Jackets 2-0 late in the second period. 1-1 Ducks and Avalanche about eight minutes into the first. Tomorrow at 5, City Ford Faceoff Show, play-by-play at 6.30. It is the Oilers and the Blackhawks. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer, and thanks to you for listening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.